Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Are you telling me that it's 8.25? Precisely. Yeah. I'm waiting for school. You know, I have one simple request. And that is to have sharks with frickin' laser beams attached to their heads. You are asking me to be rational. That is something I know I cannot do. Well, whatever it is, it's gotta get by us. Right. Go get her, Ray! Welcome to Get a Little of This Movie, a movie franchise podcast. My name is Corey. Hey, what's up? I'm Cole. And I'm Zach. Zach, I have a question for you. Love it. What in the world are we talking about today? It's Casino Royale, Corey, the 2006 James Bond film starring Daniel Craig. Casino Royale? I barely know her. Corey, are you back from (laughs) that water tower that you you had to record last week's episode in? Yeah. The crazy thing is, it was just like a small little room, too. And so I was like, this will be fine. Like, it's not going to be bad. It's all right here. Like, I didn't think it was going to be echoey at all. I didn't think it was big enough to be echoey at all. But it was mm. bad. Where, was it? Were you and like in like? Plan B. Were you in like a common room with like a kitchen that people could come in and like make coffee and and stuff? Because well, that's what it sounded kinda. like at times. <laughs> that's what it sounded like. Other people had <laughs> entered the room and were doing miscellaneous tasks behind you. It was. It was like there's this big room, like this common area, and then there were these small little breakout rooms where you could go in there and close the door, and it kind of have some privacy. But the the door was completely glass, and there was just, like, you could see directly into the room, so there really wasn't privacy. And the door didn't shut to, like, the other part, so you just had, like, this gap between the door and the wall. Both made a glass, and so, and there was a coffee maker right on the other side of the door. Yeah. And for some reason, at 9 a.m., everyone needed to make coffee. And everyone was making, like, three cups. I was like, dude, make one cup and kick rocks. Like, get out of here. On the 4th of <laughs> July, no less. Uh, but, yeah, Casino Royale. I'm excited. Yep. This is I, – I love this movie. Long story short, Casino Royale. Cole Greenlight. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. Okay, so getting into the green light. So, history behind this film, MGM actually acquired the rights to the James Bond series in 1999. Um, This film started getting written in 04. Um, The idea was to bring back Pierce Brosnan, but when Martin Campbell, who had directed a Bond film before this, Zach, do you know which Bond film that he directed? Goldeneye. This Goldeneye. is not the call sheet. <laughs> oh, that was one of Corey's questions. Was no, it? Was uh, anyway, I was gonna say that's an easy one. That's a layup. If it was, uh, Martin Campbell came back or came back to direct in 05 and he requested Paul Haggis to do a rewrite. Paul Haggis was famous around this time for writing the Oscar-winning picture Crash. I feel like Crash is that movie that has the reputation of being, like, the worst Best Picture winner ever. I've heard that. Yeah, so that actually won Best Picture over Brokeback Mountain. Mm. And the Academy did a revote, like, ten years later and said, wow, we fucked up. They changed their mind on gay people. Yeah, you know. Uh, Brosnan eventually would drop out of the running, so they decided to do... A new James Bond. Um, 
as we know, these characters are usually recast every five or six movies or so. Um, Brosnan actually had one movie, or he originally signed a four-picture deal, so he would have been coming back for a new deal, which he probably didn't want to do. Um, anyway, actors who auditioned for the role were Henry Cavill, Carl Urban, Ewan McGregor, mm. Rupert Friend, Anthony Starr, Matthew Reeves, and Jake Sully himself, Sam Worthington. Uh, now, could you guys... On what credit is Anthony? Sam Worthington getting the James Bond role in 2006? It's auditioning, man. Anthony it's Starr? A... Yeah. What chance did he have? I know, no, I know who it is. That's... That's a I wild mean, list. Not who I would have expected. Glad Henry Cavill yeah. didn't get it. That sucks. <laughs> Careful, the Snyder Snyder people might might come after you. His the the Church of Zack Snyder, those weirdos. But good. I hope they do. The Bond girl casting was also a pretty big deal. Um, they were they considered some big name actors such as Angelina Jolie and Charlize Theron. I could then, I could see both of those though Angelina Jolie doing yeah. a British accent would have been interesting. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it came down to two actresses, Olivia Wilde and Eva Green. Eva Green would er- end up getting the part of Vesper. Um, God bless you. Uh, the budget of the film was a hundred and fifty million dollars, and. It grossed 616. Now, this film is also a big critical success. It has a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. And and with the people, it's also quite successful. It's a 4.0 on Letterboxd. And we'll see how we average out to the people's average in this, uh, in this podcast. I think it's generally regarded as, like, pro- I think... Definitely top five Bond movie, like consensus wise, you know, at least it's usually up there. They, people, people mention like this one, Goldfinger, uh, which is a Connery one, Goldeneye, Spy Who Loved Me from Russia with Love. So, like, so the, like those type of movies. And I, I haven't seen a lot of the old Bond movies. So this is actually, it, it's hard to put into perspective the difference that this iteration is of the character. I mean, I can speak from the difference from Pierce Brosnan because I've seen three of those four and I've seen like one Connery movie, but that's it. Like, so I haven't seen like any Roger Moore ones or, or, you know, Timothy Dalton or or the George Lazenby movie. So it's, I've seen enough to know the difference. Like obviously what, what it used to be is what Austin Powers was like doing a parody of, but I can, I can tell even from a less than complete you know, view of the series that I have that this is completely different than from what came before. And this was definitely a fresh take on the series. Isn't it true that all the Bond movies are like supposed to be sequential? So like you could put them all in the same timeline and it's like Not the, the Craig same ones. guy. There's no way the Craig ones could be because I mean, well, okay. So you see the, him become double O. I mean, we saw, we watched him become a double O. So it's not like he could, it's not like this takes place. It could possibly take place after any of the other no, no, ones no, because but are, no but isn't it like this one is the very first one in the timeline oh i did not know anything about that i know there is a fan theory that 
the role, the reason the role of James Bond is recast is because James Bond is like, in fact, this code name that guys get when they take on the 007 role. So it's just a new replacement comes in every so often. And they're very, they have very similar character traits and they're all orphans and, you know, they, <laughs> a lot of times they, they apparently the bad guys have code names too with Blofeld cop like coming up like three different times and, you know, it, that's fan theory, man. The way that it moves forward, this series, without getting into the stuff that happens, it, it's quite literally impossible that this could take place in the same timeline as other movies, given that certain characters reappear that were in other movies and have different fates in this movie than they already had in other movies. Mm. Okay. I, I thought I heard that somewhere. I honestly thought you you told me that, but I guess not. Maybe it was someone else. Um. But yeah, do you have anything else for the green light? No, but I think it's time for the call sheet. Does Harvey know about you and his little bunny? Where are they? Killing is making a choice. Where are they? Choose between one wife or the other. Your friend, the district attorney. Or his blushing bride to be. So this is the call sheet. I'm going to ask four questions, one bonus question. Uh, We are going head-to-head with Cole and Zach. Um, do you guys remember what your records are? I think I'm winning like four to, to like or five to two four, or something. Or four, f- I think I have five. Four to two. It's four to two. Okay. Four to two. I think. It's four to two. I thought you guys yeah. were closer. Um, okay. So it's four to two in favor of Zach. Uh, four questions. They are going to text me their answers. Please play along at home and see how many you can get correct. Okay. Is everyone ready? Yeah. Yes. Okay. First question. Nature is always fun to watch. After Bond acquires his double O status, we see him and another agent staking out a man whom they are supposed to apprehend. This man is part of a crowd watching the bet- watching and betting on a contest between two animals. What were those animals? I have one answer. No hint anymore. Okay, you bo- both answered the question. Okay, question number two. Evil plans can sometimes be very complicated. Le Chefre, is that how you say his name? Le Chefre? Le, Le Chief. Le Chief. Le Chief. Sorry, I was looking at it. Le Chief uh, contracts Demetrios to arrange for the bombing of the Skyfleet prototype airplane. What does Le Chief, yeah, what does Le Chief want, or why does the Chief want the plane blown up? You guys need me to repeat that at all? No, I Skip got the question. it. No, I... Yeah. Cole, did you get the question? I was kind of all over the place. Yeah. The sheaf was messing yeah. me up. Okay, I have one answer. Okay, I have two answers. On to question number three. Let me see. Let me... Anyway, question number three. I was tallying the votes or the uh, score up. Uh, question number three. It's always good to be generous. How much money did Bond tip the dealer at the end of the poker game? It's a good one, Corey. Yeah, you like that That is one? a good one. Okay, I have one answer. Okay, I have two answers. On to question number four. Daniel Craig knows what it's like to be drowned. What movie was he in where he was the one drowning and attempting to be saved by his female co-star instead of the other way around in this movie? You know the scene at the end. You know how she's, she's drowning. Can you rephrase that, though? Daniel, so Daniel Craig knows what it's like to drown. What movie was he in where he was the one drowning 
and his co-star, his female co-star, was attempting to save him. I'm looking for a movie that he was in. Do you guys need a hint? I can give you a hint. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I can. I'll take a hint. I'll take a hint. It was the movie came out in 2001. That is your hint. Okay, I have one answer. Cole, I'm waiting on you. Don't do the music. Cole, what are you typing? Also, we don't want to be sued. Yeah, you've been... I got it. Okay. Let me tally them up. Let's see if... We... It looks like we have a tie. So we are going on to the bonus round. Okay, so this is the closest to the I thought pin. you said you didn't want to get sued. That's just that's just that's just a this that's nothing. No one's Nobody cares that. enough about our show to sue us. <laughs> let's get that off. Let's get that anyway, off our chest right away. Bonus question. Since you guys are both tied, it all comes down to this. This is a closest to the pin, so I'm gonna ask you for basically for you to give me a number or in this case it could be two numbers but you could also put them together anyway here we go james bond is known for two things kicking butt and being a playboy how many people did james bond kill and how many women did james bond seduce in this movie define seduce um he he was physical he made he made uh, he bedded them well no it, not necessarily it doesn't have to but he was physical with them i don't like the way you're saying physical i i don't you got to relax then mm. okay i have one answer I'm still waiting on another oh uh, yeah yeah but bet you are okay so we have a winner. Let's go through the questions one at a time. Nature is always fun to watch after Bond acquires his 00 status. We see him and another agent staking on a man who um, is supposed to be who is supposed to be apprehended. The man is part of a crowd watching watching and betting a contest between two animals. What are the animals involved in the contest? Cole said a snake and a mongoose. Zach said a mongoose and a snake. Both were correct. Hey. Both were correct. You guys both got a point on that one. Next question: Evil plan or evil plans can sometimes be very complicated. Le chef, the chief, sorry, Le chief, Le chief contracts Dimitros to arrange for the bombing of the Skyfleet prototype airplane. Why does Le chief want the plane blown up? Cole said, "Money." Zach said, <laughs> uh, "Where's oh?" Zach said, "Because he bet against the Skyfleet on the stock market." I'm giving this one to Zach because he had the correct answer. Right. So it is <laughs> right. Yeah. It's it currently two two points for Zach, one point for Cole. Question number three. It is always good to be generous. How much money did Bond tip the dealer at the end of the poker game? Um, Cole said ten k. Zach said ten thousand dollars. The answer was five hundred thousand dollars it that was, was really those nice red plaques yeah he was very generous he was very generous um but it was two of those red plaques so I mean, it was the government's still, money so he wasn't he wasn't that uptight about it he, he was yeah, like yeah he, he wasn't worried he wasn't courtesy sweating. of the crown um yeah uh so zach's still up two to one um D 
Question number four. Daniel Craig knows what it's like to be drowned. What movie was he in where he was the one drowning and attempting or attempting to be saved by his female co-star? Zach said, Layer Cake. Cole said, Laura Croft. The answer was Laura Croft, Tomb Raider 2001. So point mm. for Cole. So we are all tied up going into the final question the bonus question james bond is known for two things and that's kicking butt and being a playboy how many people did james bond kill and how many women did james bond seduce cole said seven and two zach said ten and two the correct answer it was eleven and two zach was closest to the pin better luck next time that's another win for Zach, so I believe now it is six to two, five to two. Is that what it is? Five to two. It is now five to two. Action. Even the opening scene, there's always some random girl who gets a call that undoubtedly ends up getting her killed. It's also predictable. There's no element of surprise. You can see everything coming. <laughs> ah! Did that surprise you? <laughs> Now shut the fuck up and watch the movie. All right, so in action, we just talk about the movie. Uh, Bond as a character in this movie is a big change, like I said earlier, from the previous iterations. Not that like Bond couldn't be serious before. You know, there are serious moments in in previous Bond movies. It's just this this feels more grounded. He's not he's not dropping one liners all the time. I mean, I mean that doesn't mean he's not charming. He still has a good sense of humor. He's funny. He's charismatic. But the big difference here is that. Daniel Craig's iteration of Bond uh, allows him to be vulnerable, which is something, in, at least in the iterations I've seen, uh, is not something that I've seen yet. That That's fresh. That's new. I think this haunted, like, stoic... I, I don't know if stoic's the right word, because he still shows emotion. He gets angry. You know, he he we see him get angry. No, I, th- I think stoic works, though, because... Well, stoic, like, kind of implies that there's, like, no emotion, and I think there is emotion. He's just, like bottling it in and sometimes it comes out like we see him get angry when he loses the poker game to Lashif. Stoic doesn't mean emotionless it just means you're able to control them which I would say he is until you know shit goes over the top well yeah that's what I'm saying like when he loses the poker game and Vesper doesn't want to give him more money and he like grabs her arm and that's that's him angry that's him that's his ego being bruised and and that's he's the mask of cool is is gone there you know like that's that's not james bond cool guy in that moment that's james bond ashamed slash angry guy you know and then i think i think we see him scared like genuinely scared when he's being tortured and the the look on his face like he 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 tries to keep it cool and he's not going to crack and that's that's you know that's that's all part of who his character is too he's not going to give in to the torture but again like when when he hears like vesper screaming in the other room and he's talking about how he's gonna like take an arm off vesper or whatever like if if you don't hurry up and give me the the password like there is a look of fear on his face so like it's all all, like long story short this is all just a more human version of james bond and i i think that's the the strongest selling point of this movie and how it differentiates itself from other iterations well the way we're introduced to him too is very unique because like you said we see him getting this title of the double o agent 
you know, in this in this first shot of the movie, he kills the guy, and then You Know My Name starts playing, which I, I will say, great fucking song, but the way we are introduced to him in that moment leads into how how dark he is you know this guy is very very cut and dry the mission is what he's after you kind of get that vibe from him even later after the song plays and he's chasing the one guy i bet he bet on the mongoose by the way but after when he's chasing the one guy he's causing so much property damage and the mission is like above all else. So we're introduced to this. I wouldn't say Bond before this was really an action hero in a way. You could make the argument that Brosnan was. They're they're more spy thrillers with a little bit of action. This yeah, I mean, was there, like there's a always full stunts on, though. I mean, there's always been like you know stunt yeah, work. But I'm saying this is like full on action right away. They do not hold back whatsoever yeah within the first 20 minutes of this movie it's full-on action right away well it announces itself as a different type of action too with that opening scene that you mentioned where it's it's not stylized it's not slow motion or, or there's no fancy camera work going on in these action scenes in this opening this black and white opening where we see him become a double o with these two kills he, you know, he's he's killing the guy who's who's been selling secrets, or he's you know there to kill the guy who's selling secrets, and and we, you know, it's interspliced with him killing this guy's contact in the bathroom, and this fight in the bathroom is so brutal, and it, it feels it's not like like suave and cool, super choreographed fighting. He it feels, broke a fucking sink with that dude's head. It feels very real. It feels very painful, very exhausting. It's it's not. It's a more grounded take on this type of action, you know, it's and it's juxtaposed with, you know, the calm, cool, collected bond sitting in the corner of that 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 office. And, he, you know, he's calm because he took the bullets out of the gun and he's there to just shoot this guy once and, you know, get out of there. And it, it also that scene ends with a great, you know take on the the barrel the barrel of the gun intro that the old movies used to do where he turns and shoots and the blood comes down like that's how these movies used to start and, and that, that's a great because it, it, yes it is different but the movie still begins and ends with these bond trademarks in a sense that it still does end, begin with the barrel thing and it still ends with the main theme you know and, and again we'll, we'll get to the ending later i think that's also very effective but yeah just in general the action scenes in this movie and the take on the character it's all it's all part of it's it's more set in the real world in that sense, and I think I think it's all the better for it because I it, it, there's only so much you can do with the old takes on Bond, and I think we're probably ready. The needle might be moving back in that direction for the new series because maybe we're over this grounded take, and even throughout these Craig movies, they get a little bit more closer to those older movies in terms of the style. But th this is a very unique movie, even beyond just being a Bond movie. I think this is just a great, you know, espionage, you know, action movie in general about a scarred guy who is losing I don't even want to say losing his identity his identity is you know almost superficial in the sense that he has to keep this calm demeanor this exterior when you know inside and this is what he says to Vesper is like if you keep doing this for long enough there won't be much of you left and for the, the fact that that's what he says and he's ready to give this up in movie one of him as a character and then her her betrayal and death ultimately leads him to turn that part of him off you know at this, at the end of this movie, you would think for good, 
because he's like, okay, the job, like, it's over, the bitch is dead. She goes, M's like, how are you? And he just doesn't even answer that question. He just asks about the mission instead. It's, it, it, you could almost say that this is like an origin story, you know, but it's, it's not bogged down by exposition, but it's, it's, we're see how he becomes a double O in the beginning. And, you know, obviously the, the pieces are there for who he, who he generally is as a character, but in terms of him, we see his final form by the end of the movie, right? As in that this whole, you know, affair with Vesper and that result has, you know, probably permanently, again, from this perspective of this movie, we would, we would think permanently make him, you know, always going to be closed off. He's not going to let himself open to anyone ever again. He's not going to trust anyone again, and he's not going to love someone again. And I, I think it's a, it's a tragedy it, when you look at it from that sense, and it's 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 very effective. The drama really gets to me. It all works when he's holding her dead body at the end. It, it's it's all effective. Uh, Corey, what do you think about, you know, in general? What are your thoughts on Daniel Craig Bond, in this one, as a character? I just want I just want to say, that was great. I thought that was. Did good. you like that? Yeah, that was that was good. I realized I've been like, talking oh for a gosh. while. No, 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 you're spitting. I liked it. I was like, okay. Uh, Thanks, buddy. No, I really like this. I, I have not seen any of the other James Bonds, so I don't really have too much of a point of reference, but like comparing this to other action films of this time, so like the Mission Impossibles, or mm. I guess I don't really put this in the same category as the like the Marvel he- or the hero movies, but maybe like more of the Christopher Nolan Batmans. I'd probably put this in the same category as that. And I honestly, I think this... This as an and like the first entry in the franchise, I almost like it better than I definitely like it better than the first Mission Impossible. But I, I think it's right there with Batman Begins and like that kind of a that kind of a feel. I really like this. Um, it pulls me in right away. Uh, I always described this movie when someone's like, "Oh, I haven't seen that one," or "I haven't seen the James Bond movies." I was like. He plays poker the entire movie. Like, it's so, and it's so entertaining. And then when I was watching this, because I guess it's been a few years since I've seen it, but when I was watching it again, I was just like, he plays poker for maybe like 20 minutes of this entire movie. Like, that is, that, but it's like the biggest part, and it's so intense. And I, and I love how intense it is. It's good poker. It's really I definitely agree poker. with you there. Um, Zach mentioned to me before, like, he watched it the other day. He goes, it's kind of pointless. I've watched this movie so many fucking times. I rewatched it, and I'm like, this poker takes up so little of the plot when it was all I remember growing up. Because those poker scenes, they're awesome. I mean, that scene where he orders the martini and then the everybody else at the table does... And then Lashif like kind of starts losing it a little bit. Like, do we want to play that, poker now? Are we ready to play poker? Is that what we're do- are we doing that yeah. now? It's yeah, I actually. He's, <laughs> I don't know how poker works at all, really. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, what are the better hands and whatnot? I don't know what all those things are called. You know, I can only really play blackjack. That's pretty much it for me in terms of like gambling card games. But these scenes are still effective for me. Intense. Uh, and a, it's because you have. You know, Mathis over there, every once in a while, they'll cut to him and he'll say something that'll remind you what's going on in case you don't know what's happening. And he's like, you know, the, yeah. they're all in the, that, that much in the pot. Or, um, or Jeffrey he, Rush. Now he has or Jeffrey Wright. That's not Mathis. That would That's Felix Leiter that you're referring to, Cole. Ah. Mathis is their contact uh, who may or may not have betrayed them. Yeah, that was kind of, I didn't really understand if he did. Well, it, at that point, it doesn't matter because it's all resolved and, you know. Right. But. 
It, I think he did because Lashif said it. Lashif did say like your friend Mathis is my friend Mathis. So like, either he was being honest or he was just sowing seeds of doubt just just in case. I don't know. Um, either way, but yeah, you have him. You know, giving a little bit of you know cluing in the audience who's not poker literate like such as me. But also it works. It's still effective because a it's directed well, but b it's the performances and all that, and it, it's about what the characters like that you're watching while they play like well it's kind of like how bond says it is like you know that tells me something about him like it's it's you're mm-hmm. you're not playing your cards you're playing the other man and so if you watch it mm-hmm. like that you're not watching the cards you're watching these men you're watching these characters and the way they play poker is determined by who they are as characters so like you know bond you know being overconfident it it bites him in the ass at that one part and like investor points that out but he he's got the confidence that he knows he can beat him, and you know Lashif is a mathematical genius or whatever. So he's but he's playing desperate too because he needs this money to you know save his own ass, which I guess is a good transition to say like I think the story in this movie is incredible. Now I don't know the details of the original book Casino Royale, and I don't know how similar this is to that book, you know the original Ian Fleming novel. But whether it's close or not, I think this story is incredible in the sense that, like, obviously all the setup to, hey, we don't get to Montenegro till like at least a third into the movie, right? So like that's where the the Casino Royale like poker game is is in Montenegro, and we don't get there for a while. We don't meet Vesper till you know after that opening, after the the parkour action scene, after you know the the whole airport thing, and and the, him seducing uh, that one guy's wife. Which by the way, he's really that he was. Every, again, just like how we would be like, oh, man, what a line Indiana dropped on that girl. Every line that Bond drops in this movie, he is so goddamn good with it. So smooth oh, with it. He's, he said one, and I, I should have written it, the little it down. Finger one? I don't know was why it the I little did. finger one? Was it the little finger? No, that was at the end. But he said one when he was talking to that guy's wife, and I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, how do you just come up with something like that on the spot? That is so good. I know, and I know he didn't, but, like, that's what – we want the character like that's where we would leave the characters when i think if it's the one i'm thinking of it's like when he's inviting her back for a drink you know or whatever and she's like oh i'm I'm not that would put him over the edge and i haven't been that cruel in a while or whatever and he's like maybe you're just out of practice or something like that that's what it was that's what it was that was so good oh my gosh no one's no one's (laughs) declining that line that line was good and then he gets in the car and she's like your place is it close and he's like and he just takes a lap, and, and they're there because they're already there. He's so good. He's he's on fire at I, that point, you know. I, I like how the valet guy played along with it too. He was just like, "Welcome back, Mr. Joe or Mr. That's his um, job. Mr. Yeah. Bond." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's yeah, he, yeah. He got that guy's car, and, and he's so cool with it. He's like, "Yeah, oh no, give him a chance yeah. to win back his money." He's like, he knows he's getting the car. He's got the Aston Martin now. He looks great. Uh, <laughs> but what I was what I was saying is like the the story is so good that all that stuff is great preamble to the main story, which is at the Casino Royale. So the fact that we have this we have this banker for for terrorists, right? And he has bet this money on Skyfleet because he thought he was gonna he had it arranged to blow it up and he was gonna make so much money off of it, you know. And then Bond fucks that up, which you know puts this guy on the edge, and that means the only thing he has left to do because he spent his clients' money, very dangerous clients. Only thing he has left to do is try to win it back in poker with win back money he doesn't have in a poker game. So, and you know, he assumes he's very good at it because he's a mathematical genius. So they put Bond in there too. So it's, he has to win this poker game so that he can back this guy into a corner and get the secrets for the government, you know, to get this guy to sell out, you know, 
these quote unquote freedom yeah. fighters that he's representing. And he has to do this while also stopping, you know, during that one scene while stopping his clients from killing him because they need him alive. You know, like it's, it's, it's a, gr- and then the whole Vesper layer on top of that and how that affects James as a character, you know, that she wears down, you know, his armor as she puts it, she, she wears it down until it's all, all chipped away and he's vulnerable with her. It, you know, because he was this tool. He's the tool of the state. And his relationship with M reflects that is that she's when she's like, you know, he's like, next time I'll shoot the camera. And she's like, or shoot yourself. Like, you know, like it's it's pretty <laughs> she's pretty direct. And she goes like, you need to go think about your future because these guys want your head. And I'm seriously considering feeding you to them like that would be that's that's pretty heavy talk. Like that shows that, you know, she's about the job and he's he's a liability when he does shit like that. And that was reckless of him to do that to an embassy for one bomb maker, you know, and she makes that point. But then by the end, you know, she still is, she still cares for her agents because she she you know she asks if you're okay, and then she even points she sees she can hear on the phone that he's hurt, and she goes she points out to him that she didn't betray him out of greed, but to save his life because that's the only reason why he's alive is because she promised them the money. That's the only reason why they let him live. So like, it, where Bond fits in this in this where he is as a character at the beginning to where he is at the end and how he's affected by these events. It's, it's, it's pretty much a perfect script, uh, in, in my opinion, in yeah. that, in that sense. And I think the story story, this is probably the best story out of all five of these Craig Bond movies. Now I do want to, I do want to say something I found interesting, which, you know, I mentioned this with temple of doom. I said, it feels like we're watching three different movies throughout Temple of Doom. They all, like, lead into the next, you know. It feels that way in this, but it works so well. It's, like, three separate arcs that Bond goes through throughout this movie. The guy who's all about the mission at the beginning, like you said. The guy who's kind of being worn down by Vesper, who... Eva Green's awesome. They have fantastic chemistry. I love that scene where she's like having this breakdown in the shower and she goes, it feels like there's blood under my nails. And then he does that like cute little thing with her finger. With see, her that's, nails. see, that's an interesting moment there, too, because that's she's very, very traumatized in that moment. Like she just saw this brutal fight on a stairway, which, by the way, great fight scene. Love the idea of. First off, he throws the guy off the ledge right off yeah. the bat. That's that was awesome. And then they're fighting down <laughs> yeah. the stairs. It's the whole. It's what a great like. It's that's like a set piece. That's not like an over the top like like oh I have to I don't know like hijack a tank and go down the streets of you know Russia like you know Pierce Brosnan does like to chase one car like th- those are like those are fun and that makes sense within that movie. And I'm not shitting on Goldeneye at all. I think it's awesome. But in the context of this movie in this universe, that's that's an example of a great like action set piece. That along with the, the you know the airport and, it works and so yeah. well, yeah. And I love I, I love the entire scene too because he's fighting these two guys, and Vesper continues to run down the stairs. So he not only has to fight off these two trained killers, he has to protect her. At the same time, there's a point where he punches a guy, somebody grabs her, and then he jumps over like the stairwell, like the stair railing to tackle this guy to protect her. And it works so well. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's that's also part of the, the whole thing. And then, yeah, just in, in 
bringing it the the conversation of like Vesper and him now. I agree, Cole. Eva Green does a great job. I think her her character, the way that she, you know, she is opposed to Bond at first, and they do kind of, you know, they have some conflict with each other, especially like I said earlier when he loses the, the game, and you know, but like even like their banter when they're when she's more antagonistic towards him, it's really good. It's really good. Like when she's pretty much like, oh, am I gonna have a like, I am I gonna have a problem with you, Bond or whatever, and. And he does, like, oh, you're not my type. And she's like, oh, what, like, smart? And he's, like, married, or single. Like, his type is people who are not single. Like, that's that, like that's just such good dialogue. The dialogue in this movie is what a scoundrel. so strong. So strong. I mean, the way, like, you know, that we reveal character through the stuff. Like, when they're, when they're, when James uh, is trying to, like, when he's telling her his guesses on who she is as a person based off his observations in that one meal. And the, it, it reveals how they, they both think, you know, and, and that's that's what we're seeing in that moment. And, you know, they we, we don't find out exactly how accurate James was about her because she doesn't confirm or deny it, anything. But, you know, she she pegs him like to a T, like because we know what Bond's backstory she, is. And she, she, she does. That right. She does what to him? She <laughs> she's got she him. Pegs him. <laughs> she's got him. Zach says <laughs> she Pegs him. I, I, I do don't like their Yeah. Well, I would. It's, I, <laughs> I would like to see it. I missed that deleted scene. Within that first scene of them on the train, there's this kind of vibe they both give off. Like Bond, obviously, he does all this stuff because he thinks I'm always right. I'm the smartest guy in the room. Vesper thinks the exact same way. She thinks she's the smartest person in every room, just like Bond does. So it's great to see these two kind of, these two minds, you know, they, they don't, they're not equals in the sense that like, cause she's, she works for the ministry. She does not do what he does. He does not do what she does, but these two minds are going at it in this one moment, and it's so great to watch. Like they're on even ground here. Yeah, yeah, definitely they're on even ground. Cause like, like, like she points out, she is very, very smart, uh, and she she can go back and forth with him, you know, perfectly. Like, and you know, like, it, and that's why it's all satisfying. And and the, the movie gives their relationship the way it needs for the ending to pay off well. And that you know we have like the the death of. Lashif comes like two thirds in, or a little over two thirds probably, and that's like the end of Act Two, and then we're just seeing them be happy for like ten minutes, you know, like that's the third mo- the third movie. I didn't mention that. That's the third movie, the happily ever after that's cut short. Right, exactly, and it, it it does feel like a different movie, but again, it all it feels like such a perfect cohesive part of the overarching story that it's not jarring. It, yeah. it doesn't feel out of place. It, it it feels like it's building towards an emotional climax. That pays off really well, like I said, because a they're just really good to, uh, with he like their the dialogue's great and their performances are great. Both of them are very hot, so that's right off the bat that helps. It did feel a little bit weird that during that like third movie, like basically just the third act, um, Bond's like quitting being James Bond like already, and he's like sending in his resignation, and so that's what I was like. It did feel a bit weird there where I was just like, okay, I don't know if I would, he's giving up his entire career, like everything, like all of this stuff to be with a girl he met maybe a month ago at that point. I don't know how long it's been. Let me me tell you this. Let me tell you this. If I met Vesper Lynn, Eva Green, and she's like, if you keep movie franchise podcasting for the rest of your life, there's going to be nothing of you left. 
you know, you got to give it up. I would, I would, I would give it up in a heartbeat. I'd say she's like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna stop talking about movies, are you? I'll be like, I have no movies left. You've chipped them from me, you know, like whatever he says. Like I'm, I would do the same thing. I would give up, give up my profession, and go I, sail I around no the world. Movies, I have no movies left. I have no movies left to pod. <laughs> I, there is a line that they have together where. Uh, She's supposed to be like his super attractive girlfriend. Supposed to be, she is. He's playing poker. No, but oh, I'm yeah. I'm saying they they have this cover, right? Right, 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 right. I'm sorry. Uh, and he he walks up to her and he says something she could do, and then she turns her head away and she goes, "This is me being pissed off because you're losing all of our money." I'll let my character's emotions mirror my own. And then when he's like, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to think of a name for that. I thought he was talking about, like, her acting philosophy there. But he was just talking about the drink that he, like, gave a million orders to the waiter Came for. Up. And then everyone else at the table was like, ooh, yeah, I want one of those. You know? Like, but he's just, yeah. he's still concerned with his own thing. He sets himself apart, too, because he's, uh, you know, we all expect the shaken, not stirred thing that's... That's an iconic Bond line, and when they say shaken or stirred, he says, "Do I look like I give a damn?" See, I bet that line. Yeah, I bet that line spaghetti. ticked off. I bet that line ticked off some uh, some old Bond heads that it almost felt like I, uh, I, this ain't your this ain't your your daddy's James Bond. This is this is a yeah, new James is, Bond. This is not your dad's James Bond at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you guys got anything else specifically you guys want to talk about? I was gonna say, let's talk about Lashif first. Well, yeah. with Lashif, for me, it's it's interesting because Lashif is the smartest guy at that table by far. You know, he's he's the mathematician. He he's the guy the 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 criminals trust with their money. You know, this is this is a guy who is confident. But Bond shakes that confidence within the first act of the movie. And we see this character go into this downward spiral of what the fuck am I going to do? And Mads Mikkelsen plays that so well. He is really good in this. I really liked him in this. He's he's a math expert, right? That's what they say. Like He's, like, he's super, super smart, good with math. That's why he's good with cards. He's a banker. And, and, you know, so it, it's just good business for him to bet against this Skyline stock when he knows that there's a bomb going off. Like, he's he's got it planted in his head. He's he's analytical. He he goes goes off the numbers, not with his gut. He You know, he's he's in the Rays front office, you know. He's, he's in John Mosellock's ear, you know, and giving him <laughs> analytics I, about players. So James Bond upsets I, that plan, and it's like, oh, that's not how the equation was supposed to, you know, pan out. He, that's, that shakes him. And you're right, Cole, that sends him on the bit of a spiral. And I, 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 it, yeah, I, Mads is great. I just want to say, off the bat, this doesn't really have anything to do with the movie. But if you are shorting a stock so aggressively that you are losing millions and millions of dollars, and you do that right before there is an attempted bombing of this plane, you are get going to jail. Like there is just no ands, ifs, or buts about it. Like they you're going to be investigated. And they then, said he did it before 9/11. They said after 9/11 that someone had like also like bet like he he benefited from 9-11 i don't remember exactly how they phrase it but that's how they knew to check and find it confirm that it was lashif because m is like oh we checked yesterday and there was someone who lost a bunch of money you know and and that's how they they picked up that this is who who was you know connected to demetrius yeah 
Um, this guy was canonically <laughs> in cahoots with Osama. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, uh, that's, uh, yeah, that makes him even more evil than I uh, last or, thought. Or maybe I mean, he that's... was in uh, cahoots with George Bush, depending on who you ask. I thought this was a good, like, mirror to James Bond. Not mirror. I thought this was a good, like... Uh, like parallel, an, yeah, parallel antagonist because James Bond is so antithesis. like he, we, yeah, we, yeah, the antithesis of James Bond, and I thought that was really cool to see, and like just it playing out on the poker, the poker table, which was only like twenty minutes in the movie, but felt like the entire movie. Looking back on it, like that just shows how like good they are against each other, and how right. how much fun it is to watch both of them go up against each other on on the screen. Yeah, no, and you're yeah, and they that's, that's, are... you're dead on there, Corey, because they they say that because he's so good at math, that makes him great at counting cards, right? Or that he'll, he'll he knows the probability of all these things. Whereas we hear Bond say like, "Oh, you're about playing the other man," so he's more of a you know gut down to earth in the sense that like he he's he can read people, you know. So they are yeah. they are very different in that sense, and that's why I love that scene. Uh, you know, the torture scene too is also just completely. Not only is Bond emotionally vulnerable, like I said earlier, but this is probably as physically vulnerable as Bond has ever gotten, and I doubt he ever gets more physically vulnerable again. And the same, I mean, he is that sitting there scene, naked, getting his balls hit with a rope. That scene is hard to watch, but they are. It it's was so good, rough. though. It's honestly one of the best scenes in the movie. I mean, just the, the their dialogue Craig. is great, and the way that he, you know, you can see that he's not going to give in. It, but you know, he's. He's working through the pain by trying to trying to get humor out of joke. it. Yeah, he makes a joke, you know, and I like that. I like that Lashif even laughs, you know, he laughs at it and he's like, you are a funny man, Mr. Bond or whatever. Like, that's that's good. <laughs> Obviously, it turns on Lashif. That's a good subversion, too, that Lashif, our main bad guy, dies two thirds into the movie and not even at the hands of one of the heroes, at the hands of another bad guy, because we find out that this bad guy was just a little worm. In a grand something that's even bigger than we realize, which you know, that's the sequel, and we'll talk about all that next week. And he even says, "The whole world's gonna know you died itching my balls." It's a coping mechanism. It's him trying to block out the pain by focusing, you know, on on how he can antagonize this guy, even in, in what he would probably be perceiving to be his last moments. Because Bond goes, "Because if you kill me, there'll be nowhere else for you to run, and your clients are gonna kill you." And he goes, see, that's where you're so wrong because I can kill you and not get the money and your government will still, you know, take me in because like and, and, and then Bond's face changes because you can see that he, he probably considers it and realizes that that's probably true. That's that. I mean, he is just a tool, you know, for them to use, you know, M, calls him, M calls him a blunt instrument, you know, like and so like he knows that he's. Like you said, Cole, yes, he is He is expendable. So, like, that's when he finds that humanity with Vesper, when when that blows up in his face, and he completely reverts back into the other direction. It's just, it's a sad ending, but it also gets you really excited for what's to come, which, you know, we'll, again, we'll, we'll talk about whether or not that, that gets paid off well enough in the next movie next How week. How disappointing that was. <laughs> Whoa, Cole, don't show your hand yet. But uh, yeah, jeez, we'll, we'll, relax. We'll talk about it next week. But yeah, we will find out all about Mr. White and his organization. But the ending is great with him, the Mr. White phone call. You know, by the way, the, the iconic line to me is I. This is a line that I've always remembered since I saw it back in 2006. Which, by the way, this movie back in 2006 
I had no idea what was going on. I was like seven years old. So like this, I'm sure the action scenes were entertaining, but like, I'm sure I was bored or confused by a lot of it. But the line that even since then I remembered was the, the job is done and the bitch is dead. Like I always remembered that. And like that, that's a raw line. And that, 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 you know, that confirms to you like, okay, this is James Bond going forward from, for, for here on out. And, but you know, he's got to, he's going to follow up on the job because obviously, you know, someone's responsible for what happened and it was, it was Mr. White. And that's why he calls him at the end and he goes, who are you? And then you would get him shot in the leg and then the music starts building up like to like, you know, the Bond theme. And he goes, they end with that classic Bond line, which is like the name's Bond, James Bond. Like, and then, you know, go right into the credits. Like that's one of the best smash to credits in, in, in any blockbuster I've ever seen. We should talk about Vesper's death just because the way she dies is, I mean, the the term is technically suicide, the way she did it, because she took the key out, she clearly did have the opportunity to escape, and she killed herself because she was so ashamed of what she did. And But when she's at the back of the elevator underwater after she got you know, either she pushed herself back or got pulled to the back of it. She, she, either way, once she gets there, she can't move because she's reaching out for him and like screaming. It's almost like she changed her mind is in the sense like, yeah, I want to die. But then once that death became way too real, you know, it's a human instinct to try to avoid it. And, you know, at that point it's too late. And so that makes it even more, you know, sad and, and hard to watch it. And then, yeah, like I said, he brings her up and just, you know, tries to resuscitate her. She dies. He steps away kind of in shock that she's actually dead and then you know in a very human moment for him there and then he comes back and like kneels back down and just holds the body while mr white watches it's that it's just it's a hard to watch moment but it's it's just really effective all right uh award season apparently they straight off course and we're fairly certain they're in gorilla hands so why don't you use the regular army what do you need us for because some damn fool accused you of being the best i'm gonna go Lashif. Um, Mads Mikkelsen is phenomenal. He's cunning. He's like terrifying at points, but he's also vulnerable. And that's what makes him a good villain. You can see how scared he is at moments in time. You can see that this smart guy doesn't know what's going on. And the way Mads Mikkelsen portrays him, the way he acts as a parallel to Bond in this sort of cunning yet vulnerable person it's just all really great and for a movie where he dies as you said multiple times Zach two thirds of the way through the movie he is still so memorable and just so impactful to me as I like as I grew up like watching these movies it was you know nobody until a certain movie lived up to him as a villain. And he's a, he's a unique villain, too. Uh, I was going to say a little bit, you know, off the beaten path for how we what we usually pick for the MVPs here, but uh, I'm just going to say the trio of screenwriters that are listed here in Neil Purvis, Robert Wade, and Paul Haggis. Again, the script is just so good. Story is perfect. The dialogue is great. Obviously, it takes the actors to sell that, and but you know we'll we'll talk more about Daniel Craig as the series goes on. So I just wanted to shout out how good the script is in this movie, for all the reasons I've been talking about the whole episode. But yeah, those the the writers are are my MVP for this movie. 
to to bring in a fresh fresh new take on on this franchise. I'm gonna say Daniel Craig. He's phenomenal. I can't get enough of him. I could watch this movie over and over and over again because he is just so good. Um, an amazing pick for Bond. I know like his his ten years over, so it's gonna be pretty hard to replace him. I'm open minded, but kind of like. This is kind of like the guy, you know, and this is where it all started. And you could definitely see the seeds of everything that he is just grows and grows and grows throughout these movies. And it just has such a good start. Um, so and it's all because of him or not all because of him, but he just did an incredible job. So Daniel Craig is my MVP. That's a fair. That's a fair pick. <laughs> he's he's really good. As, really, really good. As as the number three pick in the MVP draft for Casino Royale, Daniel Craig. I mean, I was just letting you guys take him. I assumed that one of you guys was going to take him. That's why I did the writers. Okay, either way, we're just going to move on to the review section. I wanted to get Lashif before somebody else could. Eva Green's great too. I thought one of you guys were going to take her. She's also really good. Says that they insist on outside opinions. What kind of opinions? Well, you're kind not to put too fine a point on it. I mean, let's face it, in your particular field, you're the top minds. Uh, I'm going to go four and a half out of five. There there are moments that where the action feels like it's a little mush at the beginning, um, where the movie is, you know, setting its pace, but for me it feels like it was still trying to figure some stuff out. That being said, once it does... I think this movie is beyond perfect. You know, the characters are great. There's this weight of emotion and humor, and it's balanced out so well. You have this great character who we're really just getting to know in a sense because we're getting to know this new version of James Bond that Daniel Craig is playing. We have great villains, as I mentioned before. And, of course, you know, Judy Dench... She's great. Love her. Always love seeing her. Just, um, but action's great. Music's great. As I said, You Know My Name is such a great song to start this movie off to because the way the guitar just rattles in that song lets us know this is going to be a little different. Uh, yeah, four and a half out of five. Corey, you want to go next? I'm going to go 4.7568 out of five. Um, Ooh. Cause, well, I, I, and I am leaning more towards uh, four, four and a half out of five, but I know that there's going to be another movie um, along the line that I'm going to think is about four and a half, but I'm not going to want to give it the same thing as Casino Royale because I know, already know, Casino Royale is my favorite and this just reinforced it. Um, I really like this movie and I'm not so uh, ingrained with the the star system that letterbox has poisoned zach's mind with where i can give it uh as many different ratings as i want to so four four point seven five six uh six eight i think i said yes that was it i would do four point seven five six eight one uh because i like it a little Ah. bit more than Corey. uh no just kidding i am poisoned in the mind uh i am absolutely need to be institutionalized because i am ingrained in this letterbox five star system I've done a lot of reflecting over the past few weeks on the five-star <laughs> rating I gave to Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, and I was watching this movie, and while one of my first instincts was like, I always kind of went into it thinking it was going to be a four and a half, because that's always kind of how I thought about it, and I think I liked it even more this time, 
and I do think it is a legitimately all overall a better movie than Pirates of the Caribbean: Curse of the Black Pearl. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do. How a, dare you? I I, I I think I, I, I think I mean it. I think I mean it. Um. So I, I'll tell you what. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw Casino Royale a four and a half out of five as well, but retroactively <laughs> I think Pirates of the Caribbean is also a four and a half out of five but it, it, that I guess that's the best way I can make peace of it in my mind this is the kind of stuff that keeps me up at night guys I, I want to be consistent with my ratings I want everything to be you know like how I why actually not just give think them of both because I, I just give them both fives because there are movies that are fives that I think are like actually like I, I don't know I I just don't know if I could give Pirates of the Caribbean a full perfect movie five you know Tell you what, they, they're closer to five than they are to four by a long shot. So Casino Royale, four and a half out of five. It's damn near perfect. And I, I think it's one of the best action movies of all time. All right, uh, moving on to the post credit scene. You're still here. It's over. Go home. Okay. Cole, you paying attention back there? We're, yeah. We are talking about... Uh, we're gonna find out all about Mr. White's organization, you know, next week, and it's 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 called Quantum, and the movie is called Quantum of Solace. So that's that's coming up next. Uh, in terms of things that are we sure it's not pronounced Solace? I'm not sure. No. Okay, I was always just curious. I've heard it both that. ways. You've honestly, said Solace. I've I've heard it both ways to be honest. So I don't know what's what's correct. Or I'm sure. I, I'll tell you what. It's fine for us to not be positive here, but I think we'll we'll figure it out uh, before next episode. That's that's we, just so okay. we don't we don't have a whole episode of us not saying the title right. Um, Quantum of Solace, yeah. Quantum of Solace. Uh, so so listen. We saw the new Mission Impossible. Uh, we will. Full I think. Squad. I think we well, should refrain let's our thoughts about it too on much. that. I think yeah. we're gonna cover it. Oh, there's yeah, no gonna, chance that we about... don't. No chance that we don't before part eight or well, part two of part or of seven. Like either way, the eighth movie next year. Uh, well, I'm sure we'll we'll probably talk about those movies around then. So, I'll see, yeah, save the thoughts on that. You guys got anything else? I mean, I finished Ted Lasso. I don't have many thoughts on that. I'm trying to think. Watch the bear. You know, shameless plug for the bear because I love the bear. Gross. Uh, still watching Minds MC. That's coming to an end. So Sons of Anarchy Universe is coming to an end next week. Nice. Corey, uh, uh, what Star Trek did you watch? I'm still on Voyager. I'm on season three of Voyager. I am starting season three, I believe it's on, of... Uh, Righteous Gemstones. Highly recommend. It is hilarious. Oh, I need to watch that. It is so good. I think both of you guys would really like it. Um, I've and then, watched seasons one and two. I, I just haven't started three yet. Well, season three just started coming out. I think they are they might be halfway through at this point, maybe. But they're also pretty short episodes, so it's it's easy to get through. Um, and then Sunny. It's always Sunny. Watching the new season of that. I'm enjoying it so far. Yep, that's been mostly solid I think it has been good this season, and it's you know it's always even the episodes that aren't like that good. They'll oh each even the bad episodes will usually have at least one or two moments that make me laugh out loud, which like you know there are other shows with bad episodes that I can't say that for, so it's still it's still good. 
but when you compare it to older seasons, and this isn't even like a writing thing, at least not this specific complaint, but just, I just wish it looked like it used to look. It's almost, everything's too sleek now. Everyone is, everyone looks a little too sleek. I just, it, it feels less, and I get that the writing got less grounded, so it doesn't have to look as grounded, but I, I just, I wish, I wish it looked how it used to look, you know, even, and I feel like it would be cheaper for them to make it like that. It's not even like I'm asking for it to spend more money. I'm asking for them to spend less money. But, you know, that's a minor complaint, minor quibble, but it, it well, almost that was feels... Part, that was part of, like, the pool to it, too. Like, when you watched it, because it was just like this... Ent- everything felt like it belonged Gross. with yeah, what, it's, what was going on. They're disgusting people in a disgusting place, and now it doesn't seem as disgusting anymore, like, you know? The, the fact that Charlie looks like he showers now honestly kind of bothers me. But, I don't know. Again, still funny. I'm still laughing. So, you know, I'm still enjoying the show. All right, uh, I don't have anything else, so uh, I guess that, that'll just about do it for Casino Royale. Uh, catch us next week for Quantum of Quantum of To Be Determined pronunciation, and yep, you know, please, uh, you know, get hit that five star button on whatever you're watching, or share with a friend, or put it on in the car casually while you have a passenger. You pick someone up from the airport, so they can't really complain because you're doing them a favor. You know, like put it on then where they 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 can't really make any demands of you. You know, that'd be cool. And um. You know, we do want to throw this out there. We're doing a raffle this weekend. Two lucky fans will win the chance to come to the Lake of the Ozarks with us to uh, hang out and talk about movies. Yeah. Comment to enter. <laughs> anytime you guys, anytime to, you say that, man, it to, just highlights the fact that we don't have that many fans, man. We don't. To, <laughs> we will. We will announce winners. <laughs> okay. After, who wants to come get a we'll load show of, it of on a the movie Instagram. with us? Who wants to come get a load of a movie with us? You know. Oh right. God, that's so stupid. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, uh, Bye. 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 Bye.